अब आप सुन रहे हैं बॉक्स आउट एफ एम हर वक्त हर जगह नए जमाने का Hello and welcome to Boxer FM. You're listening to your host Subhalakshmi, and uh, we are here with Fresh Out the Box with a very new uh, person, a very special person. Uh, and I was wondering what introduction I must give to this person, and I couldn't, uh, you know, come up with an introduction more than three words, which is football, music, and food. so uh i struggled to find an introduction for this person and i was like why to assume and uh, make it introduction and just you know do it on the basis of an assumption so why not ask uh, the very own vivek uh, bore tell us about uh, yourself uh thanks a lot for having me and uh, yeah thanks <laughs> thanks for this opportunity uh, tell tell us about yourself um I guess the various different angles you can go. I uh born in Minnesota, grew up primarily in Oklahoma and uh yeah, I've uh I professionally uh I'm a lawyer, but uh as far as our the artistic side, been doing stuff with music. Um you know, joined a you know, kind of helped launch a art collective called This Only uh late last year and also developing some film projects. So yeah I think that's that's kind of a very very general description about, about myself but if you yeah. want to dig deeper And how long have you been in the Mexico City? I've been well I've been visiting Mexico for the last 10 years and especially the last 3 or 4 years I've been spending at least a few months and uh I think an increasing amount of time since you know last October uh I, I took up a place here and uh you know basically between here and Bangalore uh, over the last year Yeah. And how did your uh, journey with music begin? Like how did it start? I I've always been an avid music listener um from the the very beginning. Um you know, ever since I was, you know, since I can remember my memory uh, has always been a lot of music. Um so kind of just 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 always kind of uh, it's always been a factor in my kind of self-identity and uh kind of the friends i had and 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 you know very much just 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 there from the beginning and this kind of kind of grew from there i think um and then started experimenting a bit more sonically in the last few years and uh also yeah one of the things i'm i'm, I'm doing right now is also helping relaunch a uh, music festival in uh Durham North Carolina called Slingshot which we're very excited to do which will be more kind of trying to bridge the gap between music art and technology Um so yeah that's yeah that's it's kind of uh, been a uh, a journey and then I think you know doing the show with Box Out is also been a great opportunity as well. Yeah and how did you begin your journey with Box Out? Like how did you start? Yeah it's all kind of in some ways Abi Mir's fault. Um I've been I've known Abi for a while and he he had a show there and I think he was heavily involved with Box Out at the time. And uh, yeah a few years ago he yes yeah, suggested you know um you know that I start doing a show and you know I thought it I was like what, what took you so long no anyways um but no it 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 was uh it was an interesting opportunity I've been I've been tracking it since you know Abi and a few other friends have been involved with it since the beginning and I thought it was quite interesting and you know I think it's been a great platform to kind of explore various interests I have uh, sonically yeah and uh, you know what are the genres that you were interested in as a child and um have they changed and transformed as you grow and what are the, like how uh, has your 
taste in music uh, transformed? I think it's 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 grown because in many ways I've whatever whatever I was into it, you know, young young I'm still into those types of genres. So I very much I think in a with broad strokes for me, um, especially you know, my, kind of growing up in the golden age of hip hop, late '80s. Um, so like hip hop was always big there for me. I think you know, getting into like punk and then like alternative, and then of course a lot of very you know British synth pop, that type of stuff. When I was very young, I mean like goth and, and and those kind of just alternative quote unquote genres was always there. So, and I think since I also grew up in a very, um, in a uh, kind of medium sized American city, uh, uh, I was grew up in a town called Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, but it was near Tulsa, which was a medium sized American city. And so kind of anybody who was not interested in the mainstream, we all kind of hung out together. Um, we weren't as kind of bifurcated, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, specialized. So, I, it was always a lot of crossover with me. So people who are like the whole notion of being very genre centric is have always find uh, found a bit uncomfortable and been uh, been a bit odd. So from there, like you know, growing up with those influences, and of course, obviously, you know, um, the various kind of uh, Canada and Hindi music that my parents listened to was always just kind of uh, there in the foundation. So then from there, just kind of exploring different genres, and I remember a radio station. That was there in Tulsa, which you know didn't survive for too long. But I remember in middle school, around sixth, seventh grade, started listening to it, and it was a very just alternative. It did play everything from Ethiopian folk music to like next song would be New Order, the next song would be Trap Ball Quest, and we just kind of jump in different places and different spaces. And so I think that for me was always I intuitively uh, got kind of moving around uh, the, the kind of eclecticism as a kind of genre itself um, was always kind of uh, a part of me, yeah. Yeah, but do you see that there's like a, a change in how um, listeners are, you know, preferring the music um, and there's a, there's a change in the taste of music largely. Um, initially, like in India, um, there wasn't much of, you know, hip hop or jazz or something like that, yeah. that, that was being welcomed as much as, a, you know, mainstream movie or a classical Right. So, yeah. but now there is indie music, and there's so many other that's coming up, and they're sure. also listeners, you know. Yeah. And that's why they are more appreciated now, and there's more value. So, uh, do you see there's more homogeneity to that uh, worldwide? Like, there's more acceptance to uh, different genres, um, and not. Yeah, I man. I think it's it's a very interesting moment. Just kind of the, the state of cliche. I mean, with the internet and and you know these different platforms, you can literally like get into any genre you want to get exposed to anything you want to. So I think people are becoming, um, having access to, to a greater amount of music. And I think, yeah, especially India has been interesting to kind of trace and, you know, kind of, especially with the younger generations who are, who are kind of digital native and being exposed. So they might be seeing Calcutta, but they're, they're being exposed to everything from all over the place. And then also then using that, that music to draw connections to what's going on around them locally. And and then also with, along with that, like things like Box Out or say Azadi Records or various other platforms are also allowing allowing um, kind of doing better, better better part of you know artist developments and being a platform that's not that's kind of outside the mainstream and allowing people to to explore different avenues. I mean, it's still still a struggle day to day. I think especially if you're doing anything that's outside the mainstream or doing anything that's new. But I think there's a growing growing community um, out there, and I, yeah, I think especially hip hop. It's been interesting to see that that journey uh, along yeah. the 
Uh, I think I had an opportunity to go through a couple of your playlists and they were quite cool. Um, I must say, I think I'm going to get back to them uh, once again. And, um, you know, from that, one thing that I understood is that um, you have you draw a very strong connection uh, between um, the geopolitical uh, dimension of what's happening around the world and the emotional state of people and music. So, like, there's something, there's a strong connection to that. So, um do you always find yourself, uh, you know, being inspired by what's happening and uh, finding that connection to music? Yeah, I think it's there. I mean, you know, very much interested in, in politics. And I think there's always, there's a certain level in which everything is political. And there's also the lineages and histories that are involved, uh, you know, with these things and, and discourses that they're part of. So I'm very much, yeah, I think there's a level which, I think, yeah, visceral. I, I try to, you know, kind of put music together that viscerally I, I enjoy, but then also there is a certain level of which, um, you know, kind of examining the music as say a kind of anthropological artifact, so to speak, is 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 interesting. Where as well, I'm peeling the layers and then drawing connections uh, between different things. Uh, I think I've always found that uh, to be quite interesting. And then I think just yeah, with the, with the kind of increased access to say the to the archive. Um, that that's kind of uh, that that's always been a uh, a big interest of mine, and I think also within an artistic that artistic collective that I helped co-found, um, this only a lot of our practice is very much driven from the from examining the archive, reinterpreting the archive, juxtaposing different aspects of it. Um, that that's always been a great interest of mine. Yeah, this also uh, drives me to ask you what was your uh, you know interest in your university time and school what was the discipline that you were interested in so my my undergrad my bachelor's was in history so yeah obviously uh interest in history I mean I think uh naively enough I was very interested in you know still am but like I think uh a lot of the you know kind of the English cultural Marxists uh you know E.P. Thompson um mm-hmm. and that that line lineage of thinking um, I was very much interested you know, remember in high school reading Engels making a, you know, of the English uh, working class and uh, yeah. that lineage, because also kind of tied backwards into my music because I was into a lot of very, um, you know, uh, music, especially the Smiths and things like that that played a lot on the history of like working classness. Mm-hmm. And then that being tied then also to, to, to then, then kind of being, you know, South Asian histories and, um, and, and, you know, kind of getting into critical theory and things like that. So th- th- those are all, yeah, very much, you know, always yeah. been into you know history uh, literature uh, various kind of critical theory um, you know reading random French authors and uh, you know and get, getting into subaltern studies and and you know Spivak and uh, and, and, and uh, Chatterjee and various others like that yeah that was it's always been kind of all over the place but I think I've always been into kind of culture culture and politics in a, in a, in a, in a in, you know, yeah broadly. that reflects that quite much reflects. And I think I asked that because I come from sociology background. I did sociology in my undergrad. And I think I quite, um, all of these names are quite familiar to me. And I could really like, you know, understood. Um, I understood what you were saying when you said like, you know, where you're coming from the cultural background and you just cannot take that part away. Um, You know, it's just like so ingrained and internalized in one's um, identity and, Sure. Know, snatching that would be like taking away the very sure. uh, root. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, from that, I also uh, want to ask your love for sports and how did football came in between this picture? Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've always been into, you know, I, I probably all various sports of, uh, 
you including basketball and I'm actually a big test cricket fan. Like I'll even do shorter forms of cricket because you know beggars can't choose, but um, or addicts can't can't choose sometimes. But um, I think yeah, with, with football um, um, or soccer as it's known to my American comrades, um, I think yeah, I remember you know as I said, growing up in Tulsa, we actually had a team that was in the North American Soccer League. That was the league that had you know. Pele was in with New York Cosmos and, and, and all that. So I remember going to those games growing up. But I think it kind of just crossed over also with my love of like a lot of British and English music uh, growing up because they're, they're New Order did the 1990, uh, you know, English, uh, England's uh, theme song. So I kind of just got it, was getting into it that way. And then just because of the love of the sport and also trying to be a bit of a pretentious person growing up in the middle of America, I thought it'd be interesting to be into, in, into football when, you know, not, not many people were. And then, um, yeah, I was fortunate enough in 19, 1994 when the world cup was in the U S I went to a few games in person. And then yeah, from there it just kind of blossomed. And I think for me, especially like football and especially cricket as well. I think it's also been the writing about that, those sports, you know, I think with cricket for me, like, you know, reading Neville Cardis and, CLR James and, and others like that. And I think that that kind of narrative structure and then obviously the, the class relations, the relations, you know, between cricket about, you know, the, between, you know, empire and colony and, and, you know, I have a great love for the West Indies cricket team. And I think that a lot of that's driven because of that history and the kind of like, you know, the empire strikes back, so to speak. So um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a rambling answer, but that's kind of the, how I've gotten <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I also wanted to ask, like, you, uh, you know, spoke about you growing up in Telsa, you know, as an Indian kid, how do you, like, is there a difference, you know, uh, did you try hard to be pretentious as being American? How, tell us about your identity as an Indian American. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, I think when, 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 when one is living through the experience, you kind of, you don't know any better, right? When no matter what, regardless of where you grow, you're growing up, you're kind of, this is how life is. And then you, as you, you get older, you start to reflect. But I think for me, I've always, I mean, I kind of just hated my surroundings from the beginning. So like being an American never really meant much to me. And I enjoyed the fact that we were not typical Americans. And so it never was, you know, something, I don't know. I just always kind of have like the sports teams are like the music. I was like, I want, I did not want to, to fit in. I think this kind of like at a very reflexive level. I kind of enjoyed that. Um, and then I think, yeah, as, as I was growing up in middle school, that's when the first Gulf War happened and there was a lot of uh, kind of racism at, at that point. And yeah, it was, it's also a very uh, Christian, like, like evangelical Christian conservative uh, place that I grew up in. And so, you know, people always were trying to save me and, and, and things like that. So, but yeah, so like from the, the jump and I remember, yeah, in preschool, you know, um, I don't know, my parents thought it was a good idea to send me to a, First Baptist Church's preschool, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, and they would complain to my parents about you know I was speaking too much Canada, and so uh-huh. then my parents like stopped you know speaking Canada to me, and so so I, I understand Canada quite well, but like it, it, speaking is a bit mediocre at the moment. But um, yeah, it, it, because of those various things, so I always felt like you know this whole notion of America and the American, all these things have always kind of been had a very uh, cynical and critical. Uh, uh, view of it and uh, kind of then yeah, getting into India I always found for me it was always you know kind of you know the rich history of the place and getting into the kind of critically thinking about my identity not it not being a flat thing it's always a um, 
I think one should take apart and look at different aspects of and, and think of it in a very critical way. Um, I think has I think that kind of forced me to, you know, knowing that I was different, kind of forced me to, you know, um, and, you know, accept and look in those things, uh, look into those aspects, uh, you know, maybe earlier than most others would. Yeah, but I think uh, multicultural and multilingual is always an asset. You know, initially sure. as much uh, bullied or as much uh, you're made fun of, I think it always comes handy uh, when sure. you grow up and you realize that, oh, you know, it was always an asset that I thought it was a liability. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I've always like seen it as I never really felt too embarrassed. I mean, I, I enjoyed kind of not being kind of like the others, you know, so I think that was a, that was an aspect I was always into. And I think for me, it was more about just kind of engaging with that heritage um, in, in a kind of thoughtful and critical manner. So, yeah. So how often do you come to India uh, and what are the things like how do you feel when you're in India or more specifically Bangalore, as you said? Um, yeah, I've been coming, well, you know, growing up, I've come most every summer. And then I think, you know, professionally, um, I've worked a lot on kind of US, US India type matters. I work a lot with startups in India. And right now at the moment, I'm, I'm actually in house within uh, as a lawyer for an Indian startup. So um, I've been traveling to, to Bangalore, actually pretty often over the last six or seven years. And then I think, yeah, basically since 2018, I've been, for the most part, you know, other than the whole quarantine time last year, um, I've been very much full-time in Bangalore and a couple months here and there in Mexico City. So how do I feel? Um, Various, it's a variety of feelings. Um, Moments of great alienation, moments of great, uh, you know, this is is very interesting. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know. Yeah, there's a certain level like I enjoy kind of just, you know, reflecting back on the various times I've been there and seeing the changes and complaining about the changes uh, like a local would. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, so I I think kind of being in this liminal space in which, you know, you're part of the place and you kind of have deep relationships there, but then also you're you're not a place yet. True. I think, uh, you know, when you spoke about liminality, I think there's this guy called Van Gennep. He talks about liminality. You know, every person goes through those three stages of, you know, beginning and then there's liminal where you are neither here nor here and then comes the end. So I think even, you know, as a person who, you know, as you said, when you come to Bangalore, you feel like you belong, but you also feel alien at some point. So, you know, it's a very strange space to be in where you feel like you're in, but you're still an out group. Sure, sure. So, yeah. yeah, and and yeah. what about the food? Like, I saw only Indian food. I'm sure you travel a lot, but like, you don't find to have. I, I, I no, I, I eat all kinds of food. Maybe I, I just I, there's no strategy at all to my posting on Instagram. So there's no kind of like forethought to it. So maybe I'm, I'm such a such an ABC like a, a American person that I, I like I get fascinated by Indian food. So maybe that's that's my own indictment. Um, no, I eat all kinds of. Uh, um, uh, food. I mean, like being in, in Mexico as well. I mean, kind of, you know, Mexican food here is completely different than actually eating Mexican food outside of Mexico. So, uh, you know, I, I love the cuisine uh, every, every, everywhere I go. And yeah, but I think, yeah, for me, you know, kind of just a state of cliche, like from an emotional level, there is a certain kind of connection. Yeah. Being South Indian, like certain types of South Indian food, I think that that that's kind of, you know, uh, sure. a, one's emotional connections to food, that's kind of a global, uh, you know, yeah. unifying factor. True. You know, so. That's so true. I mean, even if you like you travel a lot, you might try out all the cuisines. But when you come yeah. back to like the dal chawal, you're like, oh, this is like, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. It kind of hits it, and, and yeah. you know, and, 
and but also truth be told that there months I go sometimes without eating any kind of Indian, yeah. Indian food or fine doing that. So I think it's all about context and, and different situations. But yeah, I mean, obviously one thing I enjoy when I'm when I'm back in Bangalore. Yeah. Um, you just shared in the previous, you know, to the previous question about uh, you being a lawyer to a startup and having this thing with uh, between India and America. So tell yeah. us about your journey in law and how, um, what do you specify in law? Uh, sure. Yeah. So I think I, I went to law school. Um, so I did my undergrad in history. And so I think at that point, I didn't necessarily want to work. I didn't know if I want to do a PhD in history. I didn't know exactly what I what I wanted to do. And I think I was reasonably smart enough. So I got into some okay law schools and decided I'll just do this as postpone decision making for three years. So I went to Indiana University in Bloomington, which actually was a great place to be um, at the time. Um, a couple of really great American indie labels, uh, Secretly Canadian Jag Jaguar were getting off the ground out of Bloomington. So I saw a lot of great shows actually um, while I was in Bloomington and then did a postgrad in in, in, in London at SOAS. And so, yeah, so my, my real passions in, in the law are really, originally were like, are they still, I mean, you know, kind of a lot of social justice issues. So I was very much interested in kind of, you know, prison, prisoner rights. Uh, my first summer, I uh, interned with the uh, Indiana chapter of the ACLU. Um, also was very interested in, you know, in Native American law, things like that. But there's also a bit deep paranoia in my head about being trapped in the United States. So I wanted to do something that was going to be more global. Um, so I got into, I yeah, kind of did a bit of a 180 in some ways, but like was getting the cross-border type, you know, business transactions, that type of work. It's like, cause I saw it as a way to engage with the world. And, um, and, and, and then, yeah, kind of you know, being uh, connected to India or doing some work in India or involving India was always an interest of mine. So I think through that, um, and then, yeah, kind of the Bangalore connections, um, the roots, um, you know, a, a lot, some families in the startup world as well. So was was aware of what was going on there. So th then through that, I, I somehow made my way into a um, probably the top, you know, a startup law firm uh, in the world called Wilson Sonsini that's out of uh, Silicon Valley in San Francisco. So I, you know, worked there for a few years and then worked with some big law firms in New York. And actually was in the Middle East, in Riyadh and Dubai for about a year as well. And then made my, made my way back to New York and then launched my own firm. And uh, I've always been interested in cross-border type work. So it started a lot, a lot of it started with uh, the U.S.-India thing. And then from there, um, as I traveled more to Mexico and other places, started working with startups uh, coming out of these different parts of the world as well. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of grew from there and, and, you know, built up my own practice. And then earlier this year, I, I decided to go in-house with a client of mine that's a, a Bangalore-based startup that's, uh, you know, kind of that's growing a bit, actually over 300 people headcount right now. And uh, I'm there now professionally, I'm now their in-house lawyer. Oh, yeah. interesting. You know, uh, from this conversation, there are a lot of things that you, that's happening with you when you're doing a lot. So um, there's one thing which is common, which is like your effort and strive, like the, the, the effort that you're making to, you know, uh, make something like come together. Like, you know, you just said about cross broader and, you know, about the identity aspect and somewhere like, you know, um, uh, you are like a true global citizen, you know, who is not, uh, you know, 
just holding to one identity but trying to find a space and hold on to like different spaces and trying to bind all of these things together even in the sphere of law music food you know all of these things so um coming back to music uh, you know uh, now that you ex- explicitly shared with us that you know it also comes from your interest in dis- discipline of history and you know about ep thompson and every- everyone so um you know music can also be seen as something uh, that is a- as an expression of leisure enjoyment but also a large part of it comes from um uh, pain struggle and resistance right sure. so uh which uh, do you think that uh, is something that reaches uh, far more and stays more um, um i can expect it's the part that comes from pain and resistance right so where do you think um uh, you know um should art be the only medium that we should resist um or or uh, is there a better medium that you think that we can um, express And I think yeah, there are various ways. I mean, I think it's it's kind of an art. You can kind of explore ideas and concepts, and and kind of you know before you can really enunciate them. Maybe you don't even I have an idea of like how to concretely uh, you know achieve something. Maybe you can explore things within the medium of art. So I think, I mean, I think you know we kind of need all hands on deck and so to speak. That there are different methods of doing it, and there are different ways of of doing it. Like you know, if I'm going to go protest on the street there's a certain method to that if you're going to go through the official halls of power there's a certain method or even questionable how you useful that is mm-hmm. but um you know kind of there, there are different ways of doing it i think art is kind of the space in which you can kind of experiment and try out different because it's such a broad uh space and you know and you need not have um you know the answer so to speak because i think it's a space yeah. to it to explore and kind of I, iterate and, and, and yeah, yeah the sure. reason why specifically i asked this question is because many a times art is more thought provoking in um, in a person who has a different opinion uh, than sure. us right but when it comes to like no i'm right you're wrong there's yeah. more space of um, uh, a heated argument or violence yeah. and now that we see there's so much happening around the world in terms of violence and countries yeah. fighting with each other and ideologies clashing so you know um often um art uh, more so specifically music comes to heal our hearts right so um yeah. that was the intention behind the question well and i think that that's a very that's a very good point because i mean someone can you know um because there's a visceral level which kind of especially music uh acts so that people kind of let their guard down they can actually get into the sound the, the, the sound of the song or something like that they can attach latch themselves onto something and then maybe that message is there maybe it's getting through maybe it's not but maybe it's filtering in a, in a but they're much more open in some ways where like if you're having an explicitly political conversation they're already you know i am this and you're that and they're already kind of prejudged they're not even hearing and listening and they don't feel necessarily they don't want to make themselves feel vulnerable i mean i think that's very much the thing that you know good art opens you up you feel vulnerable you're you're open to kind of different sides of yourself there as opposed to if you're just having a very um kind of explicitly political discussion then yeah i think we'll we'll shut themselves down and and yeah. and not really be open so true so thank you thank you so much for uh, doing so many things and uh, giving me this opportunity to like uh, have a sneak peek into your life and uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know i've really learned a lot like even in terms of you know 
trying to not because many a times we are very rigid about our own selves and certain identities that we have. Sure. So I think um, certain things we have to let go to make more space for other things to come in. Right. Likewise, so yeah. I think um, that's that's that also gives us space to also uh, be inclusive about other human beings and sure. um, to absolutely regard them as fellow beings. So sure. that's that's the only way we are going to move forward. At least something the corona needs to teach us. Otherwise, I don't think there's a better teacher than that. Now that yeah, um, yeah, I and mean, I hopefully people can kind of learn the lesson. But I mean, I, it's just kind of frightening. Also, sometimes like seeing in the U.S. and other places, like how things are just kind of just getting getting back to normal, and no one's really evolved yeah. from there. So yeah, we'll see. Each day we'll fight. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great teaching. We really need to uh, do that now that uh, even in India, uh, you know, uh, it's Guru Purnima just, uh, you know, passed. Yeah. So I think that's a great uh, way of, uh, you know, uh, humility and reverence that we need to show to a teacher, Definitely. even so, even if it is Corona. So I think uh, yeah. we need to have an outlook of that sort to become better human beings. Yeah. Good note yeah. to end on. <laughs> so thank you, thank you so much, uh, Vivek. It was a lovely conversation. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for your time.